Hey guys, it's Steve Baker, your friendly neighborhood TPC. Thanks for listening to this podcast. And this one is audio only. I'm not doing video on this particular uh, broadcast. So if you don't see me, it's the way it was intended this time. Uh, yeah, I have to admit to all of you that I've been mostly off the TPC grid this past week. Fortunately, and you know, somewhat joyfully, I had several musical performance opportunities. You know, back in my old life as a full-time musician, I had three events in the last week and a half with my own band, and I even had a freelance uh, trumpet gig this past Friday uh, in Atlantic Beach, North Carolina with another band, some friends of mine. And then I've got one more coming up uh, this coming Saturday up in Virginia Beach, and then suddenly it all grinds to a halt once again with two full months of an empty performance calendar, which is exactly why I'm hitting the road again and probably heading your way. At least I'm heading in the direction of a whole bunch of you. If you want to keep up with exactly where I'm going to be on the upcoming TPC road trip, please be sure and send me an email with your contact info. I keep a separate database and a separate email list just for road trip purposes, uh, both to let you know where we'll be holding the TPC meetups, but to also to communicate with those of you who can actually help us in facilitating or setting up some of these uh, meetings in your town, your location, your area. Regardless, if you just want to see us, uh, if you just want to come out and meet, if you just want to come out and attend, if you just want to come out and talk and hang, uh, or if you can help in any way in facilitating and helping us find a venue in your area, please send me an email right away to steve at thepragmaticconstitutionalist.com. I am working on this this week, so email me. Once again, steve at thepragmaticconstitutionalist.com. And please do so, especially if you can help us out on this coming East Coast run, which is happening beginning this month. So get me an email ASAP, and then I'll be back in touch with you very quickly. Okay, wow. Uh, I've, As I said, I've been off the grid for a while, but there's just... Well, there's just too much upon which I want to offer some commentary today, especially after having been distracted by you know all my other responsibilities and uh, my other life. As such, I've come to a rather daunting realization of late, and frankly, I'm not so sure exactly what to do with it. it, it you know, except just keep doing what I'm doing and keep up with this process of transitioning my life away from being in the music business full-time to that of being on the commentary side of the news full-time. You know, that was something I announced this past fall, but, you know, honestly, here's the the humbling bit of self-realization that I've come to in just the last few days. Let's be honest, you know, I'm simply not an expert at anything. So why should anyone care about what I have to say? I mean, come on, on COVID, look, I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a virologist. On climate change, I'm not a meteorologist or a climate scientist. On the economy, I'm not, um, I'm not an economist. On national security and foreign affairs, uh, issues of that nature, I've not been in the intelligence services. I've never served in the military, uh, nor have I served in the diplomatic corps in any way. So why is it, and this is what I've been thinking about, why is it that so many people send me so many questions about every topic and every issue in the news from one day to the next? Uh, because it's certainly not based on or because of my own training or academic uh, expertise. You know, upon much thought over the last few days, thought, meditations, contemplation, I think it's simply because of my own common sense observations and evaluations of real life. 
it's based on my own lived experiences over 60 years. And, you know, I think maybe it's just an inherent instinct and there's no other way to put it and pardon my French, but it's kind of like having a bullshit radar uh, for all the things that just simply don't add up. Simple math, really. I mean, literally, sometimes nothing more than just simple math and the equation results in things that just don't make sense. The politicians, the politicians, they tell us one thing, the MSM then jumps on the bandwagon and, and then I do nothing more than just start adding up the numbers. I ask real life questions. I run all of that through an above average study and knowledge of history, which I have done on my own. And then, you know, I just begin writing down my observations in a way that seems to connect with a larger number of people. And, and look, when I say this, this is not hubris or arrogance or some sense of self-importance, not in the least, quite the contrary. It's really all just a freaking accident. Some decades ago, I just began writing down my own thoughts about all those things that were being told that simply didn't add up in the real world. You know, I, I wrote down my thoughts, my own questions, and most of this was just for my own consumption and really for my own mental salvation at times against whatever the approved narrative of the day might have been or was. And, and again, that just didn't add up to me. Then, you know, two and a half, three decades ago, this uh, thing called the Internet exploded into existence. And so I just started posting those same thoughts that I had been writing down, you know, back in the days of CompuServe and then AOL. And then we all migrated over to MySpace. And, and finally, you know, 11 plus years ago, most of us moved over to Facebook. Uh, eventually just me writing down my thoughts and comments on the day uh, began to catch the interest of tens of thousands of people who actually begin subscribing to those public communications of my previously private thoughts. So here we are, and here I am in this, you know, new normal that has been thrust upon me and many of you as well, in, in which personally my own world in the last year plus has been completely turned upside down by means of uh, you know the bureaucratic response to a virus that is quite frankly and now scientifically irrefutably proven to be something that's really overall its statistical impact is really only that of a really bad flu season yet you know we shut the world down that doesn't diminish the impact of COVID-19 on those who have died or, you know, upon their families and those who love those who died. I mean, for those, this disease has, in fact, been a tragedy. But the greater damage and impact has been directly caused by the decisions made by those, you know, do-gooding bureaucrats. Uh, the damage has been economical. It's been psychological. It's been political. And in a much, you know, larger, I should say, much larger psychological and physiological health crises have been created by those executive decisions and mandates. This disease, I'm going to be very clear about this, was not, is not, and has never been a scam. And that's despite the fact that I'm co-authoring a book right now called The Scamdemic. It, the disease is not a scam, but even in that basic truth and admission there, we have been lied to over and over and over again these past 14, 15 months. And this is for purposes and as a means to an end not yet fully realized by all of us. And those decisions being made as a means to some specific end are not yet over. This story continues to develop every single day. 
you know, just today thinking about this podcast, it came to my memory uh, a story that I may have told some of you before, but back in 1983, I had been illegally secreted to a private home of a dissident leader in the Estonian Republic of the USSR. Uh, this was in the city of Tallinn, Estonia. And through a series of, you know, travel exchanges that took me from, you know, several taxi cabs, buses, trolleys, and even a couple of private vehicles, all meant to evade any KGB that might be following us. And then eventually, under the cover of darkness, uh, this exchange of traveling and, and, and you know, uh, modes of transportation brought me to this particular person's home. And me being there, that was an act that could, you know, for my, myself personally, it could just get me thrown out of the country. That would have been the worst that could have happened to me. And that's, you know, if, if I was caught in his home. But for that family, it could result in much more severe punishment. Um, and for any citizen for whose home I found myself in during that particular several-week period in the Soviet Union. In this particular instance, um, I was secreted into this home late at night, and I sat for quite a few minutes in a dark living room, no lights on, windows blacked out. And uh, finally, the gentleman emerged from another room. And after we exchanged greetings, he eventually told me something. And this is something that would forever change my worldview. His name was Janis Karner. He was the dissident leader of this large group there in Estonia. And during our conversation, he held up a pencil and with this pencil, he had the, you know, the sharpened point, pointed end of the pencil facing towards the ceiling and the eraser toward the floor. And with that demonstration of the pencil, he said, our leaders tell us the world looks like this. But because we can receive finished television broadcasts here in Estonia, and then he flipped the pencil over 180 degrees. He said, we know the world really looks like this. Now, in the United States, because of the cartel of progressive politicians, big tech, social media, mainstream media, public education, and the, you know, the entertainment industry all walking in lockstep, it seems like we now live in that exact same state where we're being told one thing, but when you flip the pencil over, the world really looks like something else, 180 degrees polar opposite. They tell us that the world looks like this. But because of our remaining freedoms and this alternative media that we have and a lot of great thinkers who are still out there willing to speak up and question the approved narrative, all at risk of you know now being deplatformed and uh, you know, public humiliation, loss of jobs, this, that, and the other thing, those who do actually speak up and demonstrate the real math, because of them, we know the world is not what we are being sold by that progressive information cartel just today at first glance of the news so much of it makes no sense at all to me just as a for instance the first thing i saw this morning fauci is now telling us that mask mandates may actually be an ongoing seasonal recurrence this despite the fact that the science is now telling us that covid19 is not transmitted by his you know legendary mentality mention of droplets that these cloth face coverings might stop but rather this is a disease that is 
transmitted in aerosol form for which the masks offered little to no protection. And that's the science. This, despite the fact that we are being told of the, you know, the vaccine's efficacy at preventing transmission, preventing uh, infectivity, and also helping to reduce the more dangerous life-threatening symptoms, we now know by the science that masks are completely unnecessary when outside. And the math shows minimal protection from masks when used indoors. And then, of course, their absolute absurdity of being used by those who are either already vaccinated or for those, you know, even unvaccinated and in proximity to those who are vaccinated. It just doesn't make any sense anymore. Why is Fauci telling us that mask mandates may become a seasonal occurrence? I mean, what's the end game behind turning us into a permanently masked, masked society? You know, either these vaccines work or they don't. And asking those questions are fair game when we talk about, you know, reengaging in normal life and activities such as going to concerts, sporting events, amusement parks, church, or, you know, any other human gathering. You know, I, I, I believe, I, I truly believe this because I've been studying this for the book. I believe that the data is actually showing us that these vaccines do in fact work. So on some level, we are being purposefully misled by this ongoing messaging from the information cartel. For what purposes, though, I, I'm not as yet clear. But we need to be raising these questions, and we need to be raising them often, and we need to be raising them loudly. Are they, are they simply just using prolonged fear to, to force society into ever-growing you know, uh, compliance to ever more burdensome bureaucratic demands and relinquishment of uh, our individual liberties? Is it just that simple and that nefarious? I, I don't know. But we must ask until the true answers do in fact become clear the math is just simply not adding up under common sense scrutiny and questioning and it doesn't take a rocket surgeon to ask these questions because common sense does in fact still persist in the american populace the second thing that really came up in the news big this weekend was we're, we're being told about this cyber attack on the 5,500 mile colonial pipeline. Um, and we're being told that it was a ransomware attack. Ransomware. I mean, what, what are they running here at this pipeline? Windows 10? <laughs> no, they're not. I mean, these are very high level proprietary systems and software. And this was most surely a state sponsored state-sponsored attack and not some pimply-faced hacker in his mother's basement. You know, I don't know. Was it North Korea? Maybe. Was it Russia or China? More likely, I would think. But my primary uh, curiosity goes to the question of the timing of such an attack, because this happened when Congress is even now debating how to take down our entire fossil fuel industry as part of this, you know, Green New Deal. Remember what we heard in the midst of the um, recent 100-year cold snap in Texas? They told us that this failure in the power grid there in Texas was the fault of our dependency on fossil fuels. And that's just nothing but a lie. It was simply the fact that in the Deep South, they had not invested in the infrastructural security of our power grid to withstand a 100-year weather event. 
I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, cost benefit analysis in that part of the country. Do you build everything, uh, so that, uh, once in a hundred years or once in a thousand years, we can withstand something, you know, maybe we'll really think that going forward. But the reality is this, when you have tens of thousands of miles of power lines, those power lines don't care if the power running down those lines is being generated by coal, nuclear energy, windmills, or solar panels. They don't care. If those lines become ice-laden or they're surrounded by trees that snap and fall you know, across the power lines, bringing them down to the ground, that, that power grid is going to be crippled regardless of the source of where the energy or how the energy is produced. All of which, as I said, can be rethought going forward, but fossil fuels were not the culprit in this most recent cold snap down south. It's just another one of the ongoing talking points of the progressive left to take down you know, the, the literal lifeblood of capitalism, which is oil. The, you know, the proponents of the New Green Deal, they want to end our dependence upon fossil fuels, as they say, in only nine years, by, by the year 2030. I mean, again, common sense. It doesn't take a rocket surgeon. It's a mathematical, technological, economic, and fiscal impossibility to end our dependence on fossil fuels by the year 2030. But the progressives have learned that they can use fear. <laughs> Haven't they learned that in the last year? They can use fear to scare the public into acceptance of most any absurd proposition at this point. And even into the economically crippling investments and personal sacrifices that'll be mandated upon every single American um, so that they can necessarily advance that agenda of pulling us off of fossil fuels for our, you know, heating of our homes and running our automobiles. And, you know, I don't know, are they going to come up with uh, electric airplanes and uh, transportation in that regards that soon? Well, I guess Biden is telling us that he's going to build these trains that run off of electricity and get us from one side of the country and uh, to the other in a couple of hours. Anyway, fact is, <laughs> if this was nothing more than a ransomware attack on the colonial pipeline, the perpetrators, they need to be sought out. They need to be brutally punished because this is either an act of terror or an act of war. Even if it was just a test of our systems or a test of our national resolve, this was a terror or war attack on our delivery system for fuel and, and our overall you know, system of uh, our overall economic system. But I said before, I questioned both the explanation of ransomware and the timing of the incidents. What I do know is this is that if escalating fuel and heating prices are somehow foisted upon the American public, either by accident or on purpose, the people will become more and more acceptant of the new Green Deal. If gasoline prices skyrocket, more people are going to say that, oh, maybe electricity is our savior. And, and this is regardless of of the actual long-term consequences that will happen to um, our freedoms and our way of life. Consequences that are, honestly, they're easily calculable without a doctorate in economics. So yes, I do have questions about this ransomware pipeline event. My biggest question concern at present, though, is over the growing inflationary press uh, pressures that we're now facing. I mean, nothing in 
all of world economic history even begins to allow for this current unlimited creation of trillions of dollars in fiat money uh, to somehow not precede hyperinflationary results. Look, already we know the COVID lockdowns were causing a lot of predicted supply chain disruptions. Economics 101 tells us that scarcity results in higher prices. Even the WHO, the World Health Organization, called for an end to the lockdowns back in October. And they were citing, you know, the inevitable economic and consequent, uh, con- uh, consequent worldwide non-virus health crises that would be triggered because of these lockdowns. And now, here we are. The UN uh, had predicted more than 150 million additional starvations, mostly in third world countries, due to the lockdowns and the subsequent supply chain scarcities. That's why they were calling for an end to the lockdowns months ago. This is not only affecting third world nations, not at all. Uh, In fact, we all know about Michigan's lockdown, one of the most lockdown states in the union. And, uh, you know, one of the, um, the biggest problems that they're facing now, according to a new study that just came out over the weekend, is that it's estimated that almost a third of Michigan's small businesses will now be permanently shuttered by this bureaucratic overreach. You know, we're, we're being told that everything from chicken wings to rental cars are now facing shortages. Uh, during the lockdowns, you know, when no one was traveling, car rental, car rental agencies actually, they sold off something like a third of all their fleets just in order to raise the needed capital and cash to stay afloat during the lockdowns when no one was traveling and no one was renting cars. The result, now we have a shortage in supply that has caused skyrocketing rental fees. I mean, believe it or not, uh, Americans' fear of indoor dining is actually causing a shortage of outdoor cooking consumables like hot dogs and hamburgers. More people are cooking outside. More people are entertaining outside. Consequently, it's causing a supply chain, um, uh, not disruption, but it's overtaxing that supply chain, and, and it's just driving those prices up for hot dogs and hamburgers. Small businesses who are being forced to induce their lower wage, you know, a starter job type earners back to work at places like restaurants and bars, and they're having to offer larger paychecks, you know, enough to overcome the the COVID unemployment relief packages that are keeping, you know, younger workers at home playing video games and watching Netflix. All this is driving restaurant and bar prices up. Then on the healthcare front, we're also facing a shortage of oxygen and blood due to pandemic-related disruptions. I mean, people were not going out donating blood uh, during this uh, last 14 months. So there's all types of, uh, of, of these disruptions, everything from hot dogs to blood. We all see what is happening at the gas pump. As both the rhetorical and the bureaucratic attacks on that particular industry are increasing daily, you know, we've had shut down of pipeline construction, uh, more limits placed on fracking and offshore drilling, and uh, more land is being set aside and prevented for uh, energy exploration. And just the general vilification of that uh, vilification of that industry will only result in increasing prices for everyday Americans. Add to that the subsequent cost to the entire transportation industry, and literally everything we buy will become more expensive. You know, as all these costs must be passed along at both the wholesale and retail levels in the supply chain. It's simple, it's economics. As fuel prices begin to increase, 
everything will cost American families more. This is the most basic and simple of economics, and you don't need a doctorate in such to understand that. Add to all that the flood of money printing and federal spending and those inflationary pressures become even more severe and ever more painful to the average American. It's a classic, historic economic death spiral about which everyone in Washington knows the truth. They're not ignorant to this economic world history. Money and debt cannot be created out of thin air at this volume and not result in inflationary pressures, maybe even hyperinflation. Surely, surely these people in Washington don't think that they themselves, finally, that they can do it this time. You know, it's like, you know, communism. It's been tried before. It's always failed, but it wasn't us. It wasn't us doing it. So we're going to do it this time and this time it'll work. You know, I, I just don't think that they believe that they can do it this time and avoid that, which has always happened before. Are they that ignorant? Am I, am I short? Am I, am I, am I giving them too much credit or is this actually just part of a larger predetermined and more nefarious agenda? The math simply does not work. Even Bank of America last week in one of their internal briefings, uh, they warned of a coming hyperinflationary pressures on our economic horizon here in our country. And then, of course, there are the proposed tax increases that we're hearing about every day. President Biden, out on the road selling his agenda, has declared, speechifying over and over again, that all of his spending plans, 100% of his plans will be paid for by increased taxes on the wealthy and large corporations. And that is a flat out known lie. Whoever, I don't, you know, I, I don't know if he knows that or not. Who knows what his mental capacity is at this point. But whoever writes these words for him knows that that is a lie. There is not enough wealth held by all all of our billionaires combined, to pay for the trillions upon trillions of dollars in increased spending as currently proposed, much less the much and far greater uh, debt that has already accrued. His additional bald-faced lie is that he claims no family earning less than $400,000 per year will pay a penny in increased taxes. Who the hell does he think he Who the hell does he think we are? I mean, Econ 101 also teaches us that corporations do not pay taxes. Their customers pay those taxes in the form of increased prices at the cash register. Large corporations are ultimately responsible for one thing, and that's for creating profits for their investors and their stockholders. Period. Taxes are projected expense and their annual planning and and um, the, uh, their budgeting just as any other cost of doing business prices for their goods and services must be set you know upon the inclusion of the real cost of those tax burdens you know be those be it a 20% corporate tax or a 50% corporate tax it doesn't matter those costs are included in the prices of everything that we pay for a portion of every corporate tax increase is therefore a direct tax on every American. So when Biden says that he's not going to allow a penny of additional tax for those families making less than $400,000 a year, it's a flat-out lie. And again, I don't know if he knows it or not, but the people writing those words know that because 
every single tax on corporate America is passed along to every single American, whether they're rich, whether they're middle class, and whether they're the poorest among us. And this is by virtue of what we all end up paying finally at the cash register. And this is whether it's for you know, a box of cereal, a roll of toilet paper, uh, a tank of gasoline, or even concert tickets. Now, as, a, as an aside, because that's kind of my world, um, you know, with increased fuel costs and the, you know, the remaining capacity restrictions on many venues, just wait until you see what a concert ticket is going to cost in the coming months. Now, add to that the fact that local venue staffing costs, you know, as I mentioned before, to give people uh get them to come back to their jobs to and to give up their covid unemployment checks this will all drive up the cost of all such events you, know, you thought a 12 dollar beer was already absurd at your local live nation controlled or maintained or owned arena well welcome to the 15 dollar beer because with increased fuel prices it just costs more to get the ingredients to the brewery and then it costs more to get those kegs to the arena with increased staffing wages for the parking lot attendants and the concession stand workers, and then, of course, the increased corporate tax burden on the promoters, the venue owners, and the touring acts, all of these costs are going to be passed along to the ticket buyers. Now, sure, there are examples of those like you know Taylor Swift, who could afford to maybe take a lower cut in what she would normally be paid for one of these big arena shows and pass that savings along to the venue and the promoter and to the ticket holders. But most artists, they're, they're no longer making any money from record sales, nothing from record sales. And they are now in this new music economy that has developed over the last 20, 25 years. They're totally dependent upon touring and live performances just to pay their own bills and feed their own families back home. Add in higher fuel costs and higher venue costs, and it just equals higher ticket prices. So again, basic economics. So, as I said before, Biden is lying. Your taxes are going up. All our taxes are going up. Even if we don't see them on our individual annual tax returns, the taxes that are going to be passed to us will be hidden just in the final cost of everything that we buy and everything that we do. The next time you see your grocery bill, look how much higher it was than the week before, than the month before, and than it was last year, and you will see that tax already hitting the average American. And then, you know, then there's the notion of taxing wealthy individuals themselves. I mean, in the words of Joe Biden, come on, man. Rich people spend money. They like spending money. They like nice things. They like expensive things, and they like a lot of things. The more they have to spend, the more jobs are created producing things they like to buy and all the places to which you know, they like to travel. You take away their excess earnings by way of you know, a confiscatory wealth tax structure, you know, be, be that uh, on their income, be that on their, earn, you know, their earnings in the stock market, be that in their, you know, the what we call the death taxes, uh, be that in all the estate planning, however the government comes after the wealthy's money. All of that, all of that is going to result in fewer middle-class jobs and less local taxes being collected in local economies because there's fewer people with money at the middle class and below level to spend locally. And that is then going to result in what? 
It'll be local and city and state politicians coming up with another solution to cover these shortfalls. And what does that solution always consist of? Well, higher taxes, higher sales taxes, higher property taxes, higher hotel and rental car taxes for people that visit those cities, if they can even visit uh, at the prices that uh, it costs to travel. Fewer jobs just flat out equals more dependency on the state. And then more dependency on the state means that those costs must be paid for in local taxes, property, sales, and otherwise. And again, we see a situation where the economic death spiral just continues, and now it's getting ramped up to warp speed under these scenarios that we're talking about. It's the math, man. Neither Biden or his puppet masters have you know, suddenly somehow broken the code on how to print fake money, increase the national debt, uh, debt tax the rich and corporations, and then you know, all of these resulting in higher prices for everything, and yet somehow create a more prosperous economy. Really? This time, they think they've cracked the unicorn code of economics? Look... There are rules about these things, rules that have existed for millennia, and those rules exist because of both human nature and the basic laws of economics. And they, and by they, I mean Washington and others uh, in the bureaucratic levels, at all levels of government, are deliberately setting in motion a violation of all these rules. It's premeditated rule-breaking. The consequences are well-known, and these consequences are something for which the rest of us are going to ultimately pay dearly. So how do we stop it? You know, honestly, right now, I don't know. We may have, as a country, we may have already reached a tipping point. So successful has the progressive agenda been at you know, overriding our national liberty DNA, you know, overriding it with a you know, with one of mass dependency upon centralized solutions for everything rather than, you know, what we developed and what we started with in this country is something that was based on individual independence and personal responsibility. So, you know, look, we, we can discuss uh, our own solutions at another time, but, you know, these are the things today that I just needed to, for now, get off of my chest. Frustrations, Thoughts that have been, you know, burdening me for the last week while I've been busy doing other things. So I kind of needed to just roll with this thing and, and let it let it go. So I hope you'll forgive me for laying out a problem without a bunch of solutions here. But we will talk about the solutions. Okay, please do me a favor. Send me an email so that I can add you to our road trip email list. I am hitting the road soon, and I may be in your error area at, at some point this year whether you're on the east coast whether you're on the west coast doesn't matter just go ahead and say to me hey steve here's my email address here's my contact information and just let me know whether you're just planning on attending or whether you know especially if you can actually help us uh, put together one of these um, tpc road trip meetings uh you know those meetings themselves are going to be the perfect opportunity for us to explore solutions and explore how we're going to resist you know the, the great reset agenda and the green new deal and all the other challenges uh being heaped upon us you know seemingly all at once at this time so email me at steve at the pragmatic constitutionalist.com steve at the pragmatic constitutionalist.com 
Also, if you're not already a member of the TPC Locals community, please consider joining us there today. Our Locals uh, voice is never going to be throttled. We will not be deplatformed, and we can discuss all these things that we're talking about today without fear of being tagged as having, you know, violated some community standard or for endangering others because we didn't dis- discuss or at least condone the approved scientific narrative related to you know COVID-19 and God knows what else. I'm sure climate change is on that agenda now as well. Uh, we're, we're not going to be shut down, bottom line, for asking the hard questions because that's what we're doing. Also, if you can afford, you know, just as little as $5 per month to support our ongoing efforts, that is much needed at this time, more so now than ever, especially with the road trip coming up. I do have, you know, a short-term goal, a short-term goal of getting a um, thousand TPC supporters on locals and to doing that as quickly as possible. Honestly, we're nowhere close to that goal yet. Uh, and that's honestly because of the throttling uh, of our reach these past few months, especially on Facebook, where we ostensibly have over five, you know, 35,000 followers. But unfortunately, most of those no longer even know we exist because of the reach restrictions and the throttling and, and the shadow banning, as they, as they call it. But um, uh, when we get there to at least 1,000 supporters, I can personally begin uncoupling myself permanently from the music industry and that was something as i mentioned before i announced uh that intention back last fall sometime october early november and the result of that will be that i can spend more time daily creating the kind of content and messaging that frankly i think we need in these coming days so will you please consider helping us in that effort just go to the pragmatic constitutionalist dot locals dot com i'll say it again the pragmatic constitutionalist dot locals dot com and sign up today it's it's absolutely free to subscribe and then you know with a free subscription you can poke your head in and see what we're doing over there but for the cost of you know only one starbucks per month if you can sacrifice that and you can use that sacrifice to help us continue in our ongoing efforts to get these questions and these truths out there it, it will be much appreciated so There we go. Thanks so much for your ongoing uh, support and belief in what we're doing here at TPC. And much, much, much more is to come. Thanks. Talk to you again soon.